Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Fellas, there are no secrets in quarantine, so I have to tell you, busted out my brand new lawnmower 3.0 last night, and it is fantastic. Works like a charm. Gets around all the tight corners, everything you need from your manscaping routine. Manscaped Lawn Mower 3.0 has you covered. This is just something I'm going to have to trust you on, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I think so. But right now, if you use the code DNVR20, of course, the magical code, Manscaped's going to give you 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. I have to say, there's a difference between using something that is made for this and you know whatever you've been using to this point. So I recommend it. I'm giving it my official RK stamp of approval. Make sure you check out Manscaped, get the Lawnmower 3.0, get the Perfect Package 3.0 kit and uh to make your package perfect. Exactly. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into the show. <laughs> Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Check out Strava Craft Coffee. It's snowing hard in, in uh, Colorado today. You're not going to want to go to the grocery store anyway if it was a normal climate. And uh, it's not. So you want that coffee delivered right to your door. And if you're dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety and all of those things right now, that CBD could go a long way for you. So give it a try. Uh, use Strava Craft Coffee. Use the code DNVR20. For 20% off your purchase. And speaking of discounts. Sorry, I had to do that. Chris Harris Jr. (laughs) Man, going to the Chargers. And I don't know if you guys caught this. But obviously the original sourcing on this came from Chris. Yep. Uh, In fact, Josina Anderson (laughs) didn't even hide that. She just said, Chris Harris Jr. told me. And the original numbers that were reported were two years, $20 million. Of course, if you're Chris, you want to make it sound like you're getting more. Actually, it was 20-something. Yeah, 20-something. 
And then later in the day, actually late at night, I think, is when the true numbers came out. And folks, it ain't pretty for our guy Chris. Two years, $17.5 million with bonuses that can get him up to 19 and a half. Wait, so two years, 17 and a half million each year, right? No. Certainly not. Oh. <laughs> That's tough. That is really tough. And everyone was panicking that he was going to end up on the, you know, the Broncos big AFC West foe, the one that starts with a CH, the one <laughs> that everyone's afraid of and it was a CH. Chargers. Chargers, man. So not only does he does he have to take a discount, a big, big, big discount from what the Broncos offered him, but he didn't even take it to go to a winner. I guess he likes playing in front of Broncos fans because he'll get to do it twice. Man. Chris, what you Where do doing, we start? baby? Yeah. We knew this. We always knew this all along. We said... When he got when he when we found out that he turned turned down three for thirty six and yes only one of those years was guaranteed, um, and I think that he's essentially getting that same deal here in terms of how much is guaranteed in the contract. So again, but we said, man, when he hits the market, he's going to be thirty one years old. I don't know if he's ever going to get that money that he's still chasing from the hometown discount he took from the Broncos, and and here we are. And what is the difference? I mean, this contract isn't fully guaranteed. It's not like he's getting $5 million more guaranteed from them. It's pretty much the exact same deal, except with one fewer year on it. Oh, man, it's it's rough. And Chris had it in his mind since last year, about this time last year, that – he was going to be the top paid corner, and he wanted it to be last year. He wanted the Broncos to re-up him for, you know, four years, $15 million per year. Uh, that didn't happen. Somehow he still got just an additional $3 million thrown his way. But ever since then, he had it that he was going to get this Darius Slade-type contract. Three years, $50 million. That's been in his head. And to come back with two years, $17.5 million? I mean, I feel bad for him, but John Elway diagnosed that perfectly, right? I mean, John Elway was a generous one here. I know, and everyone loves to jump on John Elway when any of this stuff happens. He lowballed Chris. How <laughs> dare he? You know, this, that, and the other thing. And you got to come back now and say, sorry, John. In fact, if anything, how dare you? for uh, considering overpaying Chris Harris Jr. by that much. He almost, I mean, he offered him almost 50% more yeah, than what he got. So In a cheaper place to live. In a cheaper place <laughs> right. to live on a team that is definitely on a better trend. And that's, a, and that's the other thing. So Chris had this list of demands. One of them was big money. One of them was a contender. And one of them was playing in a, in a very good secondary. He got one of the three. Yep. It's and he was going to get two of the three yeah. if he stayed in Denver. Truth is, it should be a top five defense that he's on in L.A. Between what they have in the secondary and what they have in the pass rush and then adding Linval Joseph on the interior up front. He should be on a very good to maybe great if things break right defense. 
He's also with his best buddy, Keenan Allen. <laughs> Those practice matchups. That will be There fun. will be a fight. There, there's going to be a fight between the two of them. But you're also going to a team that is, has an offense that is currently led by Tyrod Taylor. Could be led by Justin Herbert by the time you get to the season. That it, defense had better be like 2015 Broncos level. Listen, if anyone should know that this is not how it works, it should be Chris Harris Jr., who has yes. been on elite defenses multiple of the last four years that didn't do anything because the team didn't have a quarterback. Uh, now, Chris has been telling people that the, that the Chargers have a plan at quarterback. Um, and I'm not going to get into what he said, but – it's not uh, – from what he thinks, it's not Tyrod Taylor. So whether it's Cam Newton or Tua or Herbert or one of these guys, that makes it better. But I, I just can't – they're in purgatory. And as we know, you might be – you're very lucky if you're only one move away from getting out of purgatory, and, and that rarely happens. Just because you have a first-round quarterback, let's say – or an expensive free agent quarterback. Oh, how have both of those fared with the Broncos? First-round quarterback Paxton Lynch, high-paid quarterback uh, Joe Flacco via trade, or Case Keenum. Uh, Case Keenum via free agency. The Broncos have literally done all three of those things. Like you said, Chris has seen that firsthand. I'll say this, though. I would rather have Tyrod Taylor than either Joe Flacco or Case Keenum. Without a doubt. Now, we've talked a lot about Chris and handling this the wrong way on the way out and and I am still very disappointed in him for that as as someone who uh, I think it's a stretch to say is a friend but someone who I respect a lot and and I feel like hopefully there's a mutual respect there I do feel like he handled this completely the wrong way the whole chiefs thing looks even worse now honestly yeah um and just Throw, before When he was still with the Broncos, what, two weeks before the season was over, he was throwing the Broncos under the bus saying how they were multiple moves away? Yeah, and it's just like, man, I wish he didn't do that. Maybe Chris just wanted to get to L.A. Remember back in 2018 when the Rams came here? Embraced uh, with Wade Phillips after the game? Oh, yeah. Mm. He got to L.A. <laughs> Even the same stadium, assuming that it can open on time. It's the wrong shade of blue. Yep. Wrong shade of blue. Um, I will say this, though, as I was getting to in terms of how he handled this. He did one thing right. He made sure it got out that he turned down the Raiders. <laughs> one last dunk <laughs> on the Raiders for all of Broncos country and, and for his new Chargers fans as well. I think we can all tip our cap to that. Apparently, apparently, Chris turned down more money from the Raiders. More money, more years. And it's not like the Raiders are this this absolute trash team. They've been making some moves. Better right than now. the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I don't think if he joined the Raiders, everyone would be saying. I mean, Broncos fans would of course be clowning him, but I don't think they would be saying, "Wow, he took. He only was focused on the money. He joined an awful, awful team." Because the, the the Raiders are trending in the right direction. Whether that's just a slight trend or whether it's a big trend, I I, I would go more on the. It's just a very slight trend up, but. Um, yeah, he just really wanted to get at the Raiders, didn't he? I guess this might sound crazy because we're talking about multiple millions of dollars here, but I feel like once he realized he wasn't going to get big money, he should have just taken whatever the Chiefs were offering. 
if they were offering. Yep. Like five, two years, ten million. Uh, you know, anything. Just so you could, so you could at least have the like, I'm trying to chase another Super Bowl right. narrative. Because you just said, oh, you know, people would have said he's chasing the money. What, what did he end up chasing? I don't even know. Mm. Warm weather. The 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 man the secondary out there yeah. in in L A is good. It's very good. It's it's excellent. What is it in Denver? A, just a step below. If you have Chris, I mean, it's very good at worst. Yeah, it, same level. If you have Chris, and I think um, you take the safeties. I mean, you could argue the Broncos maybe have a better safety tandem but the Chargers have a better individual safety. I mean, no offense to Justin Simmons or Kareem Jackson, but Derwin James is special. Yeah. No, I, I mean, they have a, probably an elite secondary right now. Yes. Uh, and, and it should be a very good defense. It's just – it's not to me – and again, not my decision. I want to know what the Broncos offered if they offered anything this time around. I kind of assume they didn't. Um, because I think that if you were going to, I think the Broncos could have afforded the contract that the Chargers gave him. Mm-hmm. And that would have been great from a Broncos standpoint, except for this. And here is my ultimate take on this. And it's, I think it's hard. It might be kind of hard for the fans to understand. And I totally get that. It was time to move on. There wasn't anything wrong with Chris in terms of the way he played, in terms of the way he carried himself. He did have a, a little bit of an edginess to him, but that's okay. That happened with a lot of guys coming out of Super Bowl 50 that had experienced what it was like to be on the mountaintop. Some guys, they struggled to adjust to the new reality. Chris was one, Aqib Tlaib, while he was here. He struggled with that. Emmanuel struggled with that. So to Derek me, Wolf even struggled with that. For sure. To me, he wasn't a locker room issue, any of that. It just kind of got stale between the two parties, and that sometimes happens in sports. There's no rhyme or reason behind it. It's not anyone's fault. You often see it happen a lot with coaches, good coaches who just are around for too long, and Mike, it just goes. Mike McCarthy, huh? Mike McCarthy is a great example. Yeah, it, it, you know, another one would be George Carl with the Nuggets, who is a DNVR supporter yes, now. Love George, but like enthusiastic supporter. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. He and he and Adam have this. Uh, have this back and forth cyber I wouldn't call it a bromance but certainly a, a friendship going yep. on right now it's pretty cool but he, great coach great basketball coach at just at a certain point you just have to say gotta try something else and that's the way I feel about Chris he didn't do anything wrong I don't think John Elway did anything wrong in this scenario it just reached a point where it was time to say thanks for everything you've done and that's what I love John Elway's doing so far in free agency, not just with Chris, but with Derek, and a little less with Shelby there, but saying that exact same thing. Look, we've been a losing team. Stuff needs to change. Does Derek still have another year of football in him? Yes. Does Shelby still have many more years of football in him? Yes. Does Chris still have another at least year of football in him? Yes, but this isn't working. Let's shake the pot. Let's sift it. Let's see what comes out on the other side. And so far... John's getting a lot of good players out on that other side. Uh, but I, I love that you're just not holding on to the pass, especially you're not just holding on to Super Bowl 50 because, I mean, Derek was the first one that, Ryan, you and I were kind of shaking our heads about a year ago 
when Derek was still talking about Peyton Manning and how they, they need Peyton Manning's leadership and they're missing that. And we're saying, what is going on here? You're four years removed from Super Bowl 50 or three years, I guess, at that point. What well, Something needs to change. And so I like that it that it is changing. And I think this is a part of entering the Drew Locke era. You know what I mean? In the sense of you got to move on from not everyone, but it's, I feel like there's some guys who were caught up in the Peyton Manning era, kind of like you were referencing there, Mace. And it's just this, it's a new time. And again, it doesn't have to be anyone's fault. It doesn't have to be anyone doing anything wrong other than it might just be time to say, Hey, Drew, this is your team. And pretty much everyone around here is looking to you as the leader. They're not expecting you to be someone else. So who's left now? Vaughn Miller? Brandon Todd McManus? Davis, Brandon McManus? And all of those guys could easily be gone next year. Todd Davis's contract is up. Brandon McManus's contract is up after the next year. And Vaughn Miller's dead cap goes from like 18 or $25 million this year, I don't remember what it is, to $4 million next year. Crazy. It's crazy how fast things change. Um, but I just keep coming back to the fact that I had said maybe two weeks after the Super Bowl when they won. I was like, John Elway just bought himself five years of goodwill. And crazy enough, he used a lot of it up. <laughs> but to me, it really feels like this is about to be the third coming of John Elway. In turn, I guess the fourth, the one as a player, the best offense of all time, one of the greatest defenses of all time, and now this, which I think is trending maybe towards being the most balanced uh, effort that they've made so far. If Drew, it all comes down to Drew Locke. If Drew Locke becomes a top quarterback in the NFL, then they're right back in it, and we'll have to, you know, we'll have to tip our cap to John Elway once again and say, wow. He's done it again, folks. And I think that's what we're trending towards. In a completely different way, too. That That's what would be incredible, is it's not like John just found quarterbacks or just found defenses or just found offensive lines. He did it every single way. Yeah, I mean, you could look at, you know, Bill Belichick. And you just like he found the way. He got very lucky with a young quarterback at the time, and they just rode one singular way to do it all the way for 20 years. But the team around him was always evolving because you ha- those early Tom Brady years, it was kind of it was a balanced team. They even went through a period where the running game carried their team. Remember when Corey Dillon was there and he had a huge season one of the years the Patriots won a Super Bowl. They get to 07 the year they go 16 and 0. It's a high-flying offense for most of that year, setting bushels of records. And then you get to the Patriots the last few years. Gronk's getting older, retires. Brady gets older. They build one of the best defenses in the game. So it's interesting that the Patriots, with Tom Tom Brady was the North Star, but the, the teams they had over the Brady-Belichick era, they didn't always win in the same way. There was always a sense, of, a constant kind of evolution. Of that team, in part because of the salary cap and what you have to do, and you have to let certain players go, you have to emphasize different things in the draft, etc. 
Yeah, and, and I'm sure there will be a lot of comments about the way John Elway is attacking free agency, the way that Chris Harris Jr. exited. And so uh, we've got a lot. So why don't we head towards those? But first, a big shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, last night, we had our first sports edition of DNVR Watches, which if you guys aren't playing along, I highly, highly recommend it. Even if you aren't a basketball or hockey fan, which are the two sports we're trying to focus on right now, it's so much fun to just watch these old games. We started last night with the 0-1 Stanley Cup Finals uh, Game 1, a huge win for the Avs. I accompanied that with a strawberry sky, which always makes things even better. But just like the nostalgia that comes along with it, um, the camaraderie of everyone watching together. That, like, I love the fact that we had to get creative, so we did. We said, everyone press play at this time, and everyone did it. And so it's really fun. Tweet along. Then we went into um, round one, game one of the 2009 playoffs for the Nuggets. Man, it was awesome watching Chauncey go off. He had 37. He didn't even play the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter because they were blowing him out. That was really fun. So if you're looking for something to do, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're going to be watching the Nuggets and Avs. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays is when we're doing Love is Blind. If you're a baseball fan, you can uh, tune into the baseball documentary, which is going on early in the night on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you're looking for something to do tonight, grab yourself a Breck Brew any of them, I personally recommend the Strawberry Sky or maybe even a Hot Peak uh, if you're looking for something nice and bright, although it is snowing, so it's good for, uh, you know, vanilla porter weather, maybe Nitro Irish Stout, also another good one. But tune into Love is Blind with us tonight. Tweet along. It's stupid and amazing, and that's exactly the way I like it. It can be both of those things. Yes. They're not mutually exclusive. We, it could be amazingly stupid. It, it is. It's all of the above, and you know what? You're not selling me on ama- with amazingly stupid, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> amazingly stupid is still entertaining. Man, I finished, uh, I told Ryan this, I finished The Bachelor last night, and boy, it was, it was amazingly stupid. It, the, the ending of The Bachelor <laughs> was catastrophic. It was. It really was. And if you feel like your life is going catastrophic, you just need to clean up the family jewels <laughs> with Manscaped. You guys know about the Lawnmower 3.0, but listen to these other products they have. The Crop Preserver, mm-hmm. the Crop Reviver. Yeah. I mean, those are just things that you can throw out with your boss. There's yeah, no Crop yeah. Duster? <laughs> oh, boy, that may be for the other side. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little spritz of the Crop Reviver. Mm. It's nice. Yep. Yep, especially after a touch of the lawnmower 3.0. Exactly. And the truth is, guys, love isn't blind. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to stay presentable. And you get 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping using that code DNVR20 from Manscaped. All right, let's hop into the questions here. Um... You guys got the first ones? Coming in from Mr. Freeze. The trade for Casey is great, but I'm tired of guys passing on Denver because Elway doesn't want to pay. Once in a while, I like to get a top free agent. So far, we've got a mediocre guard. Oof, that's a harsh, that's harsh criticism. I wouldn't call Graham Glasgow mediocre. Mm Mm-mm. I would call him above average. Yes. What, uh, this is when... Mediocre is what you just had. This, yeah, this is when pro football focus is, is a nice tool, especially with 
offensive lineman, it's really hard to, to say how good they are. Last year, he graded out as the ninth best guard in the NFL out of 63 guards. So a top 10 guard. Once and Joe eight Th- of those guys weren't available, I'm, right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know? once Joe Thune was off the market, once he was franchised, once Brandon Scherf was franchised, Glasgow was the best interior offensive lineman available. And the truth is, even if you get you, you do have to give up a little bit with AJ Boye, it was a little bit more. But giving up a seventh round pick for Jarrell Casey, in my opinion, is better than signing someone as a free agent because of the comp pick formula. I I totally agree. And because I don't want to cover seventh round draft picks <laughs> <laughs> unless they're punters. Yeah, well, you can get him in the sixth, like Riley Dixon, wasn't he a sixth? He he was a sixth, I believe. Hey, yeah. Impressive. I think it went. Um, Andy Janovich in the fifth, or was there two oh, wait, sixth maybe, rounders? Maybe, uh, maybe he was a seventh because I think Dixon Will, was seventh. Yeah, because oh. Will Parks was also a sixth. Oh, so it was Jano and Parks in the sixth, and then Dixon in the seventh. Man, what a great that was a great day three. Yeah, it yeah, was. It was. <laughs> Seriously, next one coming in from Southern Steve. Welcome back, Zach. We missed you. Thank you, Southern Steve. Are we going to address our need for an outside linebacker that can cover tight ends and running backs? We continue to have a problem with the coverage and giving up chunk yards. Also, can you tell us a little bit about Driscoll and what he brings to the table as the backup? Thanks for the info, and stay safe, DNVR community. Go Broncos. Simply put, Jeff Driscoll is Drew Locke light. Similar skill set, not as accurate. Takes sacks at a higher rate, not as good. A little faster. Yes. That's why he's a backup and Drew Locke is a starter. It's a clear clear delineation between the two, but at least with Jeff Driscoll, you can plug him in and you don't have to totally change your offense. I want to say when the Broncos were playing the Bengals that year and he started for the Bengals, there was like some crazy thing about how fast he was. Like maybe he ran track. He like yeah. set the state record for a track in high school or something like that. He, he has like four, one of the... five forty. Yeah, he ran one of the fastest 40 times for a quarterback at the Combine, not in the Michael Vick RG3433 territory, but he was, I think, I want to say he's in the top 10 of quarterbacks in the last 20 years in the 40 at the Combine. He's as fast as Noah Fant. Yeah, yeah, and 10 Mm -hmm. touchdowns to six interceptions, I'll take that from a young backup. Yeah, it's not, uh, you don't need it to be anything special. The point is just filling it out with someone who's respectable. Yep. Is it the best signing ever? No, but it's also two and a half million dollars a year, which you'll take. I think if the Broncos, you know, he, I think he meant to say an inside linebacker that can cover tight ends and running backs. I think if that's going to happen, it will be in the draft. Yep, I think so too. You're also hoping Alexander Johnson can get better at that too. Yeah, he has it, the speed to keep up. He just doesn't look. He doesn't look like a guy who's going to be good in coverage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Holy Atwater says, Chris Harris Jr. to the Chargers. Whoa. Let me start by saying I love Chris. Awesome talent. Cool cat for sure. He has always come off to be the guy who does care what people think about him. How do you think he'll fare as a fit with their scheme? And mentally, since he'll have no home games since his Chargers fan base appears invisible at games. I'm really worried about Chris because at least when he was losing in Denver, he was home. And I think the Chargers are about to be terrible for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm worried about him, honestly, uh, just being able to handle being in a stadium full of other teams' fans and losing game in, game out. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. Well, they lost a bunch of close games this past year. What if those games, some of those games go in the other direction this year? I don't think they're going to be. quarterback? Yeah, I, I don't – look, 
I don't think they're going to be an abject team. One thing, and I have a lot of respect for Anthony Lynn as their head coach. They had a last year; it was a frustrating year, but I don't think they're they're going to have that sort of disaster type of year with Lynn as Lynn on the sidelines. I think at minimum they'll find a way to win five to seven games, kind of like the Broncos have the last few years. Yeah, I just I think they'll be um, last place in the division both of the two years on Chris Harris's contract. Uh, I actually I I like what the Chargers are doing. Now, I don't know how good they're going. You got to figure out the quarterback position, right? What I think Chris is going to find is a lot of frustration that he had in Denver the past couple of years where the defense is actually really good, potentially elite, just like you were saying, Mace, potentially top 5 and just the offense just doesn't get it done. You know, they're losing games 16 to 17. 14 to 13 where the defense is doing everything in their power and it just and that's just going to be the frustration that I think he deals with. Well, no matter who the quarterback is for the Chargers, a priority is going to be limiting turnovers because Philip Rivers was Well, then they should stick with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Philip Rivers was a department store Santa Claus last year. He was just he walked he walked in, sat down and was just giving gifts away. <laughs> kind of like Jameis Winston in Tampa, Bruce Arians. And he was also making to... men in his in their mid 40s miserable. <laughs> <laughs> And Bruce Arians in Tampa, he wants Tom Brady to come in and make sure that those mistakes are cut compared to where they were with James Winston last year. I think whether it's Tyrod Taylor or a rookie to be named later, they're going to try to say, okay, you're going to play within yourself and we're going to limit those giveaways in part because they feel like that would complement what their defense is. So they're going to they're try to win with that formula. The Broncos tried to win with that formula. It didn't quite work out. And I hope it doesn't affect Chris dearly but um don't forget about the chargers curse the defense looks good now let's see what it looks like at the end of training camp it's a really good point river vapecraft says mace you say bucks have a heartbreaking quarterback history what about the bears when was the last time they had a great quarterback not in my lifetime lol who has the worst quarterback history bucks bears or browns let's say in the last 25 years well, definitely browns the, in the last 25 yeah the bears you have to go back to sid luckman for the last time they had a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. Jim McMahon was good in the 1980s, but he couldn't stay healthy. And I guess they, they really haven't had a quarterback as good as Baker. So maybe the Browns are on the right side. I mean, Cutler right. got them to an NFC championship. Yeah. So that's – I mean, the the Browns – I can't say that at all. Cutler is actually in on balance in terms of what he did as a quarterback. Cutler's probably their best quarterback since at least McMahon and probably since Luckman. Yeah. It's just that – he wasn't as good as Bears fans hoped he could be. The Brown, the Browns, well, River Vapecraft brings up the past 25 years, so thus I can't bring up Bernie Kosar, right. who was pretty good for them back in the 1980s. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the Browns haven't even had anyone as good as Jameis in the last 25 years. The thing with the Bucks is that they've actually had great quarterbacks come through their building and they've been incompetent with them. They had Doug Williams come through, and they lowballed him on the contract. They had Steve Young come through, and they weren't patient enough with him, and they trade him to the 49ers. Not a great quarterback, but Vinny Testaverde proved to be a, a good quarterback who played a long time, but he wasn't ready for all the challenges of the, of the pro game. Ray Perkins was the wrong type of coach for him, and... It didn't work out there, and then lo and behold, he goes to Cleveland with Bill Belichick at the time, and he becomes a good quarterback. Well, speaking of <laughs> quarterbacks, 
Joe Flacco, officially no longer a Denver Bronco. There he goes. I can see it. <laughs> Through the clouds, he's heading towards the sun. How will history recall the Joe Flacco era? It's a bird. It's a plane. <laughs> no, it's just Joe Flacco. See you, Joe. <laughs> um, finally? Not well. They had to wait until the start of the league year. But, but I, just, I just mean, like, at least we can stop worrying but, about people thinking that he's going to be But what's here interesting is he has a failed physical designation, according to Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. So that means the Broncos will owe him, I believe, $1.2 million on an injury settlement as well as what is left on his contract. So it actually cost the Broncos uh-huh. more money. Yes. And why is that? Because once you've, once you've had the failed physical, then that's when the writer and the contract kicks in for you to get a certain amount beyond mm-hmm. that. Right. Yep. A little injury. Now they, sort could, of thing. they could have worked out a settlement to kind of take away a little of that, but my guess is it'll end up being the $1.2 million. There it is. Finally. No no one has to worry anymore, right? Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon. Yep. Sorry, Joe. Even if you add Joe Flacco to that, it somehow feels worse. Okay. That's how bad it was. (laughs) Okay, so where does Joe Flacco rank in the pantheon of mediocre – relatively short-term Broncos quarterbacks over the last, say, 12 years or so. Where does he lo- rank compared to – see, I'm not, I'm not putting Tim Tebow in there because there was something accomplished with Tim Tebow. But where does Joe Flacco rank among Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, Kyle Orton, and Flacco himself? Holy cow. What was that? Trevor Simeon, better. Case Keenum, Trevor's better. Paxton Lynch. Oh my gosh. Kyle Orton, Joe Flacco. <sighs> Trevor Simeon and Kyle Orton are better. Trevor Simeon tops that list. I would say that Flacco is only ahead of Paxton Lynch, based on what he did in Denver. Oh yikes! Kyle, Kyle Orton had some moments. I mean, he was he was wrong for the job, but he had some moments, and. In 2010, that team was terrible, 4-12. and 12, But Kyle Orton was, you know, average. Not great. He wasn't going to bring him out of the muck. But he, could, he, did, he did okay at times. He had, some big, he had some big number games. Also dropped a snap at a really bad time and couldn't recover it. But that's another story entirely. I'll probably take Trev. No, I'll probably take Orton. I'm taking Trev. I've got to go Orton, Trev. Keenum did, yeah, Bupkus, Flacco, Lynch, in that five, the five guys you want to forget, the graveyard of of Bronco quarterbacks. You know what? And I think this brings up a good point. You could do this with every team that finishes their stretch with a franchise quarterback. It's easy in the moment to say, well, like, the Steelers have Roethlisberger and the Patriots have Brady and, and you go through all these places. Once you lose mm-hmm. a guy, it is going to take you a while to replenish it. And if Drew Locke ends up being the guy, we will look back mm-hmm. at this four-year stretch and say, wow, what a small blip on the radar in the history of the Broncos. Well, there are a few teams that have it work out the way the 49ers and Packers did. The 49ers went from Joe Montana to Steve Young. Mm-hmm. And then 
they got another few years out of Jeff Garcia playing at a Pro Bowl level for some of those years. And the Packers, of course, I mean, they would go from Brett Favre to Zach's boy, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Whoa, don't say that ever. But the Miami Dolphins, here's a great example of kind of a worst-case type of scenario. They go from Dan Marino to Jay Fiedler, and Fiedler gets them to the playoffs a couple of times. They're still competitive. They're still relevant. And then you start going into the dark times, and then you start going into the misses. Like, for example, in 2006, when they had the opportunity to get Dante Culpepper or Drew Brees, but couldn't, didn't feel good enough about Drew Brees' shoulder. So they brought in Dante Culpepper, a mistake that haunts the Dolphins to this day. So you hope that Drew Locke is someone long-term. Otherwise, the post-Pate Manning era is going to look a lot like the, the Dolphins era. So far, it has for the Broncos. Drew Locke is the best chance to change that. Man, this, reflecting on the Joe Flacco era in Denver, one year ago, from pretty much this day, the second day of the new league year, John Oway said that Joe Flacco was in his prime. Yeah. Six touchdowns, five interceptions, and a two and six record. Jeez. How like how did he produce so little in that many games? Sick. I mean, you had the tweet, what was it? Drew Locke had by his second start or by by the time he was making his third start had that many touchdowns? Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Yeah. Uh, John Elway said that it he was heading into his prime. He said that this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre <laughs> situation. I mean, I all kind of, of followed the yeah Joe Flacco kind of followed the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre mold. Uh, in the sense that what <laughs> there's nothing there's no similarities. I I don't know if John was just being disingenuous or if he was lying to himself or what. I just I I like to believe that he didn't actually believe that. I like to believe that he all along knew that Joe Flacco was a bridge quarterback at best. I agree. But we also know that behind closed doors, people thought that Joe Flacco had top 10 potential. It's true. It's, it's true. There, there was a legit belief there. There was a, a belief in the scheme that the scheme could unlock Joe Flacco, but this was a critique I had then, and unfortunately for the Broncos, it proved out to to be accurate, that you were asking your scheme and what you had to make something out of him that he had not been in five years. Before we get, That's a hell of a leap, in my opinion, and uh, it's a little bit of intellectual arrogance, I thought, on the Broncos' part. Yep. Before we get to the, the next question, Ryan, I just need to uh, get an update. Where is Joe right now? How close? Is he getting hot yet? He's just exited the atmosphere. <laughs> Uh, I, I was going to get more graphic, but that seemed messed <laughs> up, so I won't. <laughs> Next one's from Burley Joe. Howdy, RK Mason, Zach. I'm definitely impressed by the Broncos free agency. Even though I'm not able to watch the Nuggets right now, this exciting Broncos free agency is almost curing my sports itch. Almost. It's not the same. Strap Harris got 20 mil for two years. Isn't that what the Broncos were wanting to give him? About 10 mil a year? Maybe he thought the market was going to be bigger for him and then a burn bridge to resign, so he had to take what he could. I don't know. It feels a little comical to me, but I wish him the best going forward uh, until he gets mossed by Cortland or Jerry Judy twice a year. Take care, fellas. Burly Joe. And he says you don't have to read that last part. <laughs> um, I appreciate it, though. Thank you. Do you think 
that there was a similar offer still there for no. from the Broncos two years, twenty million? I think that I don't know if the Broncos ever made another offer after the trade deadline. I think you're right. I think it was take it or leave it. He said leave it, and he should have taken it. And he lost potentially $12 million if he was able to play at a high level this year. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in. Oh, Mace, I can't get this one. All right, this is on me here. We're moving on to the count. Mace, on the Tuesday pod, you said something really emphatically and sounding just like Vizzini in The Princess Bride. And now I keep picturing you saying, I do not think that word means what you think it means to certain, quote, local, unquote, insiders. In that light, it also reminded, this also reminded me of the HBO documentary on Andre the Giant. I encourage anyone who can get a hold of this film to watch it. It is a moving sports film to appease us during these doldrums we find ourselves in. You will likely cry. I feel like we all need a good one of those right about now. What matters most is how well you walk through the fire. Charles Bukowski, love the count. There we go. <laughs> you know, if this thing extends, I think there may be something to doing a, a DNVR movie night. Everything's on the table. Yeah. And just going back through the history of sports films. But how about this morning? And, and I don't really want to talk much about this, but this morning the MLS comes out and says they're setting a May 10th date as a goal for return. Now, anyone can set goals, but it feels significant to me that they were willing to put a date on uh, what they're expecting. Now, are they expecting to do it with, a closed, with closed stadiums, though? I don't know. But that's eight weeks, essentially, from when the Denver bar ban began. So, um, hopefully, they're right. They have a good beat on this. They know that, you know, maybe uh, if they keep all their players quarantined for eight weeks, they can make sure everyone doesn't have it and go back to work. Um, Maybe it's time for Dre and I to get on DNVR Rapids. Maybe. Well, I'll say this: we'll definitely be if we're allowed to go to the if we're allowed to have a party at the bar and the Rapids are playing. We'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> Next uh, one coming in from Oklahoma Bronco fifty eight. Did Chris Harris Jr. really take less money than the Broncos were offering to sign with the worst team in the division? I don't understand it. I love Chris, but it seems like he made this move just to spite the front office. His when the Broncos gave him that offer at the trade deadline, there was an ultimatum of the trade deadline to accept it. And they essentially said, hey, if you don't accept this, we're going to trade you. Well, they tried to trade him and were unsuccessful in doing so, which maybe should have been the first red flag for Chris, uh, that the Broncos couldn't get a, even a third-round draft pick out of him. Um, but I don't think he turned down money from the Broncos. I, don't, I just don't think it ever came. I, I agree. Once it, it wasn't like that same offer was still there right now. Right. And... Uh, so it wasn't just to spite the Broncos. It was just he probably realized, oh, my gosh, I got to take something right now. And I'm not saying it was a panic move, but he realized that the offers were not there. He should probably take the one that gets, gets him close to $10 million a year. Cortland Sutton versus Chris Harris. Who you got? Cortland. Man, that'll be fun. Cortland, but are the Chargers putting Chris Harris Jr. on Cortland Sutton? Who, who else do they got to put on Cortland? Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward, is he going to be healthy? Probably not. Chris on <laughs> Cortland. Um, or Chris on Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs? Yep. That's even worse for him. Yep, it would be. Just do the Tyree Kill move on him. The, the route that's never been run <laughs> in the history of football. The shallow wheel. <laughs> <laughs> the most unstoppable route ever. And we know Who knows why a- they don't call it on every play? <laughs> <laughs> and if it's a small, fast guy, you know it's going to work. Man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Cam Walter says, RK asked if Foles will start week one for the Bears. Better question is, will he finish week one? Oh, wow. So much love Damn. for y'all making social distancing tolerable. That's a good one, Cam. Next one from Oma Bronco. OMA? Oma? Omaha? But Probably yeah, Omaha. I it was like Omaha. But Omaha! Gotta say it right there. <laughs> Fellas, first just want to express my gratitude for the work y'all do as DNVR as a whole. With everything that's happened over the last week, you really realized how or you realize how great a membership to DNVR is. The great content as well as the new DNVR watches, y'all are making these rough times a blast, so to speak. Salute. Thank you so much. That's exactly what we're trying to do. On more 100%. of a football-related note, I've always been a huge fan of our uniforms. I have never wanted it to change, but lately I've been curiously open to some changes with new ownership and a new era of young players. I'm sure y'all have discussed before, but what are your thoughts? Keep them as is, or what would you like to see changed? Bring the cream schools back to Tampa, Mace. Well, I'll turn this segment over to the uniform experts, Mace and RK. Okay, first of all, on the cream sickles, I have a hope and maybe even a hunch that you could see a creamsicle alternate coming to the Buccaneers. What are you going to do with the helmets, though? You could do, you could keep them as pewter. Basically, it would be sort of a modif. It would be a uniform that has a, a, an ode to both past eras of Buccaneer football. So it would be their current template that they have done in orange. So, for example, they're going to have a red jersey in all likelihood coming out of this redesign. And it's going to have a lot of elements of what they had from 97 to 2013, which was a perfectly fine jersey. Totally. You could take the red, replace it with orange, okay, and you could make it work. I'm interested. So don't be surprised to see something like that. I'm interested. I'm interested. Uh, as for the Broncos, I'm not a uniform designer. So I'm not going to get into the X's and O's or the nuts and bolts of exactly how they should do it. I'll tell you this. It needs uh, a little sp- a little spritz. It needs a little refreshing. Um, it's the side swooshes. It looks like it belongs in the nineties. The side swooshes have got to go. It's the worst element on the uniform. <laughs> if they took the side swooshes away and changed nothing else, I could live with that. Push back from the table and move on. The side swooshes. That's what screams nineteen nineties to me. Absolutely yeah. hate them. Hate also, them with the Bronco logo. Is very 90s. I would like to see, and fans have worked this up. You can find this on Google. People have taken the current horse design. There's like a full horse body logo, modified it to where it looked kind of like the horse from mm-hmm. back before 1997, and put that over a D. I'd love to see something mm. like that. I, yeah, I like that. I enjoyed the fact that the old Bronco uniform had the D on it because I, I like the fact that it screamed Denver. It had an instant identification with the city of Denver, and I don't get that from the current Bronco uniform. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I also – it's not even that the logo looks 90s. It's that it looks like it's it trying to be futuristic in the 90s. That's what bothers me about yeah, it. So it's sort of like the, the Jetsons or Tomorrowland. If you go to Tomorrowland at Disney World, for a while they were – when they renovated, they called it the future that never was. Mm. All right, we got to pick up the pace here a little bit, boys. <laughs> From Missouri Bronco, I would pay $10 to have that Jano. Do it, Mace. Jano. <laughs> Love as, Jano. As my text tone, it was a gorgeous send-off for an amazing guy. With that being said, do you guys think there will still be some systems that support fullback in the near and distant future? Cleveland 
Or do you think the positions' days are numbered? Uh, there's the positions are numbered, but they'll stick around. Kyle Shanahan, for example, that he'll always have a fullback. Yep. So anything in the Shanahan Kubiak tree, basically. From Iceman. Hey, friends, my friend the count and my friend RK. I'm sorry you guys struggle so much with my comments. Oh, I don't struggle with them. I absolutely oh, love them. Oh, I think them. they're I hilarious. Love I love them. It's a uh, highlight of our day. It's a known problem I've had for 67 years. We can't all be like you two wordsmiths. <laughs> See, I think your your comments are like um, abstract art. Yes, I totally <laughs> agree. <laughs> like you, you, they make you think, and then once you yep. understand it, it's, it's art. <laughs> yeah. Zach, great to hear you back. John finally did his thing as always. Well done. Driscoll has half a season of starts and has gone one and seven. In my opinion, he has no improvement over the Broncos' 2019 backups. So the saved money on Jano is totally wasted on Jeff. I hope we can. I hope he can prove me wrong, but it's doubtful. Go America and Jano. I don't hope he can prove you wrong. I hope he never sees the field. Yeah, I hope he doesn't have to. See, yeah, I hope he doesn't exactly. have to see the field. But I'll say this for Driscoll compared to Brandon Allen, his eyes don't get as big as dinner plates when a pass rush comes in. <laughs> Also, Driscoll, I feel like, can entertain me more in the preseason than Kevin Hogan or oh. Brandon Allen or anyone else. That's a great point. But we only, oh, I guess we still have four this year. Next year, we get to only have three preseason yes. games. Yeah, yes. how bad was Thank that preseason game in Los Angeles when the Broncos and Rams rested their starters and it was a steady dose of Brandon Allen and Kevin Hogan? It was torture. But that, well, we Thankfully, met. we had a watch. That yeah, was, was the most. Say, we met Iceman. Yeah, yes, we did yeah. that day, and that was good. That Iceman was and Mrs. Yeah. Iceman. Even by preseason standards, that was about the most boring football game I've ever watched. Yep, it was. It was so bad. Literally, the only good part of it was getting to sit in the Los Angeles Coliseum press box. Hey, the Coliseum—it's a historic venue, and as the sun set, the view of downtown Los Angeles, the skyline with the mountains framing it in the background, the view was spectacular. Best thing for me is I had many drinks. <laughs> from Top Sider 20, long time no comment. Just now recovering from the hangover when the Jags played the Broncos and I went to my first Mile High game. <laughs> Amazing time and people in Denver. I actually met a girl uh, and went back the weekend we whooped on Houston. Just a quick comment saying you guys are great and glad to be in the Madden League before it filled up. I listen every day and don't know how I called myself a Broncos fan before this subscription. That's pretty awesome. It's great. P.S. Mace, your advice to go to a Rockies game was even better than me going to Red Rocks. The fireworks at the end were by far the best fireworks I've seen ever. The Rockies do an amazing job mm-hmm. with their fireworks. fireworks shows. Yep. Insane. Yeah. You get, you get this, the music in there. Makes you emotional. Also, if you sit on uh, the rooftop... They don't make you leave. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like at eye level with a lot of the fireworks. That's pretty That's crazy. That's way cool. Illinois Bronco says, I know there are a ton of comments about Chris Harris Jr. going to the Chargers. But really? The Chargers? The only team in the division that we that we beat twice last year? And Keenan Allen has continuously talked trash about him? And he took less money? Guys, what am I missing here? What, is it, what does it say about the Chargers that they were the only division foe that the Broncos beat with Joe Flacco at quarterback? Yikes. Yikes. That's a good point. They're the Chargers. You're not missing anything other than the fact that Chris's market wasn't there. Yep. No, exactly. And then he says, do you think Darius Slay is still in play? Maybe Darius Slay for a fourth-round pick in Royce Freeman? Nope. No. He is traded to the Eagles. Third and a fifth and a three-year $50 million contract. Woo, highest paid Nothing. corner in the league. But they are my Eagles, and they needed a corner. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. Illini Bronco 58. Hey, guys. Long-time listener, first-time subscriber, commenter. Got him. Got him. 
I was wondering with how free agency has filled out the last few days, what are your thoughts on how the AFC West stacks up thus far? With KC still the proven favorites and after the additions that the Chargers have added, would LA be the presumed second? What moves does Denver still need to make in order to keep in the running for a wild card spot within the AFC? Thanks. Look, I think it's KC 1, Denver 2, Vegas 3, Chargers 4. I do too. Um, the Broncos just need to get a wide receiver, and, and I'm ready to call them uh, in the mix for the wild card and, and uh, you know, be able to compete for that. And honestly, they don't n- – I would probably still say they're on that track right now, but you just need a little more explosiveness on that offense to be excited about it. I like the Chargers – more than the Raiders, as as we sit on this, I just I I like what the Chargers are doing, but I still like the Broncos as the second seed for and sure. Neither of them are bad. Like I'm, right. n- unfortunately, these teams aren't going. The Raiders and Chargers aren't going four and twelve. When it, when I'm talking about them being third and fourth, they look like eight and eight, seven and nine type teams. Right. Yep, I agree. Next one coming in from our guy, Samuel Bisou. Hey, guys, I'm loving the coverage and loving the moves the Broncos are making. I know at least in this difficult time, I can count on DNVR and the DNVR family to make to take my mind off the tremendous problems in the world today. That's what we're here for, Samuel. As an owner of a business that will eventually have to close due to the quarantine, I am dedicating all my time and resources to keep all my employees and not lay anyone off. This is a very big burden because many families depend on their paychecks to live. I hope the world comes out better on the other side of this trying time on these trying times. I hope this brings us closer as humans. Completely agree. Great message. He goes on and says, funny story of how this family is constantly in my mind. Last week, I went to a karaoke bar with some friends, and there was a guy singing terribly. But I think in his mind, he thought of himself as an opera singer. I was really, it was really annoying. So I told my friend, I hope he would go, he would go next to Joe Flacco. Of course, my friend looked at me weirdly. He did not understand that I wanted to send this guy on a cannon to the surface of the sun. I am grateful for you guys and the DNVR family. Well, maybe they can share an Uber up there today. <laughs> We're very thankful for you, Samuel. From on- Code Blue, do any of you find gentlemen know Glasgow? Ugh. Do any of you find gentlemen know Glasgow's contract <laughs> details more detailed? When can they get us out of his contract easy financially? Why are we already trying to get out of a guy's contract? <laughs> yeah. Well, what, how, there's $26 million guaranteed, and the first two years he gets $24 million. So essentially after the first two years, you can move on with him with only $2 million. Unless they're converting part of salaries in the future to bonuses to create more cap room. I mean, they could go ahead and modify that, but right now you would – almost certainly structure it to where you could get out of it after two years with a pretty minimal dead money hit. Yeah, code blue coming with a code red right there. That's I, bad. It's a weird thing that um, how, how, like, in the information era, which is what we are, fans know everything about these guys' contracts and all this stuff, and it's created this weird world where, like, if it's if you sign a good player but it's not easy to, to abandon him later, fans don't like the contract. It's very <laughs> yeah. odd. Yep. Wild Bronco says, Zach Attack, welcome back. Thank you, Wild Bronco. May, sorry you have to cheer for TB12 leading your Bucks. That sounds hideous. Maybe we can get oh, Zach well. on board. Oh, yeah. I'm on the Bucks bandwagon now. That's probably my NFC team right now. Well, we're going to have to teach you a little about Buccaneer tradition and talk about their <laughs> old fight song that begins, B-U-C-C-A-N, 
E E R S. Go Bucks! And then goes into a disco type of thing. It's kind of like their San Diego Superchargers. Hey, that, hey, Tampa Bay, the Bucks know how to shine. Is that the same tune as S A T U R D A Y? Night. It might be uh, where it was inspired by. And there's another song where it goes, Hey, 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 we're the Buccaneers. Ho, 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 we're the Buccaneers. <laughs> Offense, defense, now we're here to say, make the insert opponent's name, walk the plank, throw him in Tampa Bay. Hey. Oh, my God. That rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely way better than the Broncos fight song, which can anyone sing right now? Well, it only existed for two years, <laughs> and it was made to seem like it had existed for 50 years. Yep. Well, because it's the tune of the Northern Colorado fight song. And they used to play it back like in the 60s and 70s. In fact, as we get into watching old games, one of the ones that I think we have to watch is the first Monday night game in Bronco history in 1973. And when Jim Turner kicks the game-tying field goal at the end. Spoilers! You can, <laughs> you can hear the song playing. Mm, okay, yeah. This isn't a spoiler to anyone who's read my book. <laughs> that Sorry, Jim mates. Turner had the game tying field goal. <laughs> I can't read. What? <laughs> um, I just yeah. Uh, to go from that incredible song that got canceled because the guy who wrote it sucks <laughs> to that lame fight song really hurts it, me. It yeah. does because that song it became Denver because the first team in pro sports to use it as a celebratory song was the old Colorado Rockies of the NHL. That was ours. We got it. Can we can we get a remix? Can we have someone the, remake it? But the problem is then if they remake it, then they have to pay rights to Gary Glitter. I know, but... Who's a pervert. Just, mm. He's terrible, but we got to separate the art from the artist. I know, I know. <laughs> Bio Bronco goes on and says, got to give it to Elway. Seems like a pretty solid free agency so far. I like the moves. I like the Glasgow signing, but can you explain what he b exactly brings over McGovern? Is there a $2 million difference in play between the two with McGovern getting around nine and Glasgow getting 11 per year? Just curious. What about Cam, a Cam, Cam Akers or Edwards Hilaire in the draft in what round? Wow, the Raiders have been busy. And what were the Texans thinking on the Hopkins deal? Shake my head. Thanks, guys. Stay safe out there, Dion VR fam. I like Edwards Hilaire in like round three. I love Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, I do too. And as for Glasgow McGovern, watching the two of them, I think Glasgow has less game-to-game -game variance than McGovern does. I think McGovern's performances could sometimes be all over the place, could, you know, could vacillate between great and struggling. Glasgow's more kind of steady, even keel, pretty much the same week to week. I always thought McGovern's build was, was off to be an NFL offensive lineman. He's not thick. Like, when he takes his shirt off, he looks like a, a more of a Abercrombie model than an NFL offensive lineman. Well, he was a weight room warrior at Mizzou. He still holds a lot of the Mizzou strength records. But you just need some width. He's not very wide. He's extremely strong, and that's why he was able to cut it. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I always felt like he was lacking in the build department, which is something that Glasgow definitely has on his side. Yeah. Glasgow. Bigger frame, I would say, with Glasgow than McGovern. Totally. As far as, a, I mean, a naturally bigger frame. Right, exactly. Just like naturally wider. You know how, like, when guys drop weight on the offensive line after they retire? Mm-hmm. 
if McGovern did that, you could see him kind of looking like Tyler Columbus, perhaps. Even he's already looks like Tyler Columbus right now, in my opinion, just more jacked. He's like a huge fullback or a huge linebacker, right? Or something. Yeah, he just yeah. Does, he never quite fit the frame of an NFL yeah. offensive line. Yeah, but, but not to the point of Tyler. Tyler looks like a basketball player. He, yeah, he's and he did play basketball in really high school. Tall. Yes, at Cherry Creek. <laughs> yeah. He did play basketball in high school, and he still got blanked by Zach Sound guy, what's with all the microphone handling noise? Good question. Uh, last three pods have been brutal. Is it a handsy podcast or a wobbly tape? We need new microphone cords, and they're really hard for us to get right now um, based on what's going on. So I, there's a word in. I thank you for addressing it. Um, it will be fixed as soon as possible, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, yeah, we sometimes these cords, after you use them for a while, they just get a lot more sensitive to movement. So I'm trying to keep movement at a minimum, um, and so just bear with us. I'm sorry about that, but it we're working on it. I admit I'm a mic stand guy. I have a couple of mic stands at home, when and we just do we do it a little differently. Sometimes when we're at my house, and I use a couple of mic. We have a couple of mic stands that we use, and then no one has to hold the mic. That's just my personal preference, my experience. I'm a mic stand guy. I know you guys like to hold them, but I hate holding a mic for two hours i gotta admit that i'm sorry it's not my thing truth comes out hawkeye bronco says guys i love having free nfl game pass i followed mace's list of games and rewatched the steelers broncos wildcard game from 2011 don't spoil it for us i forgot how good quentin carter was and really would like to see what he could have done if injuries had not derailed his career any other specific broncos you can remember who had their career cut short that you could think or that you could have had impact players uh, I didn't really like Quentin Carter, going to be honest. Um, you didn't like that hair? The hair was great. Um, I actually I agree with with Hawkeye on Quentin Carter. He was he was better than Raheem Moore as a rookie. Once he got in there, he was a more of a playmaker, had better range, better awareness. Put it this way: if Quentin Carter is healthy and he's back there oh God. in the playoffs against Baltimore, I don't know if that play happens. What about Dookie and Nacho? It seemed like he was like really starting to be the man, and then he just wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he was a fan favorite for sure, or a, bo- mm-hmm. a blossoming fan favorite. Yep. He had a great Twitter handle, Nacho Life. Yep. <laughs> Broncos who had their career cut short that could have been impact players. I always thought after his rookie year they didn't use Eddie Royal properly. Mm. Yeah. He lost a lot in the coaching transition from – Mike Shanahan to Josh McDaniels. Well, yep. uh, there was a big thing that happened in that transition. Jay Cutler. They lost their quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he and Jay had a great connection. And power field Ed chiming in. Gentlemen, I'm very happy with what John is doing. Although I'm not happy to see Jano leave, but obviously in the scheme, Beck would make more sense. I still think they need to get more defensive players. Are there any linebackers left to sign or even trade for? Thanks, guys, as always. Thanks for the content and stay healthy. Mace, do you know of any guys that are on your uh, top 100 board that are still around at that position? I would have to look at my top 100 to to see. The truth is... No. There's not uh, an impact guy. There's not very many impact guys at all. Left linebackers hard, especially with what you're looking for. You're talking about coverage linebackers. Uh, the guy who fit was Joe Schobert, but we were also talking about a lot about Nick Kwiatkowski, who played in Chicago. I think people had better get used to the notion of Alexander Johnson and Todd Davis being your linebackers with 
Josie Jewell and probably a round three to round five draft pick as the guys backing him up. Isn't it crazy when free agency officially starts, it feels like it's over, like all the big-name guys are off the board? <laughs> totally true. With the legal tampering period, yep. yes. Prince yep. of Mukamara is still out there. He is, yep. And I've... he's been out there for a month. That's true. That's crazy. Uh, from Super Bowlin, welcome back. Z, the pods were not the same without that giggle and energy. Thank you, Super Bowlin. He says, I feel like I'm the Squidward meme where he's watching SpongeBob and Patrick play outside. I want in on the Madden League, but I got a PlayStation. Please, somebody help me. Well, the Madden League is full, uh, which is crazy. Filled up very quickly in uh, quarantine world. Um, but maybe there are some PlayStation people out there that want to uh, organize a new... A new league. Yes. We just launched DNVR Gaming, so make sure you follow. If you're a gamer especially, make sure you follow DNVR underscore gaming on Twitter. Uh, lots of fun stuff going on over there. I'm very much on the outside looking in when it comes to DNVR Gaming, as much, more than any other thing that's happening at DNVR. But Literally, you're looking in. I, I really am. Uh, the people who are in charge of that are all big gamers, so... I'm sure they're going to have some really fun stuff going on. So, again, if you're a gamer, go follow DNVR underscore gaming on Twitter. We did kind of like a drop your username or drop your gamer tag uh, thing yesterday. Tons of people getting in on that. So, if you want to connect with DNVR family uh, online via video games, that's the place to go. He finishes here by saying, I wonder how the virus will impact the ownership debacle. Courts are closing down where I am, so I'm thinking these sibling lawsuits are going to drag on even longer. It's a shame. Yeah, if they push back cases on the docket, they will push that one back as well. Like if, let's say, Arapahoe County courts close up for eight weeks, then you could ex reasonably expect the ownership dispute to be dealt with eight weeks after its current schedule date, which is uh, coming up in September. Fair enough. It's a really good point, though. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, it sucks, but yeah, it's just going to make this annoying thing drag on longer. And also something to keep an eye on in terms of what is the impact of the CBA on what happens there and what the sentiments of the bowling children are regarding the status of the team. Because with the CBA ratified, if the league gets what it's hoping for in television contracts, the, the pie that they get if they sell would become bigger. I think the Broncos are definitely a $3 billion team right now if they go on the market. And if you've been indulging in pie, you're going to need to go to Green Mountain Dental <laughs> to make sure you get the dental work checked out. And if you go right now and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you're going to get a free Sonicare toothbrush, which is pretty awesome. Uh, make sure you have your hygiene up to standards. Make sure that you get that Sonicare toothbrush. Make sure you mention DNVR. It's only 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver, so make sure you check out Green Mountain Dental. Dan, hashtag trade up for rugs. Burke chiming in says, Mace is missing out on DJ Reader and then trading a seventh for Jarrell Casey, a prime example of pulling a homer. Well, the thing with pulling a homer is that you have to have eventual success in spite of gross incompetence. And I don't think failing to get DJ Reader because he wanted the moon, the stars, and everything in the cosmos for his contract is gross incompetence. It's that, oh, DJ Reader wanted a lot more than I think is reasonable. I think the Bengals are going to regret that contract. Next one, or he continues, says, do you all think that receiver in round one is the way things are looking right now? I'm obviously in the tank for rugs, so I'm keeping my eyes on what the Eagles give up for Slay. They're a team that people have pegged as trading up ahead of the Broncos for rugs. If they give up a second... It likely puts, puts them out of that market. Now, 
All I got to worry about is the Jets, the Raiders, and the 49ers. Good thing the Broncos and Browns have already established a trading relationship this year, winky face. Um, yeah, no, the Eagles gave up a third and a fifth, like Ryan said earlier. Still probably hurts their chances of trading up just because they have a lot less draft capital. Yep, and if you lose that, then you don't have a second or a third. You go from first to fourth, that's tough. Yep. From Briggsy. Long-time listener, first-time subscriber. Ladies and gentlemen, you got me. We got, got him. him. Got him. Says, Ryan may know me as the chipper is better than Arenado guy. Oh, the wrong opinion guy. Uh, <laughs> Mace, drop knowledge on Ryan about chipper. Yes, Mace, please tell me why chipper is almost as good as Arenado. Um, well, he's not knowing Arenado, but he is the best switch-hitting third baseman in the history of Major League Baseball. He, he is welcome to that uh, label. <laughs> I give it to him. He was a great player, a fantastic player, just not quite the defender that Nolan Arenado is. No one is. No one is, ever. And no one is, is up there with him in terms of being a hitter. The thing with Chipper, though, that does help him, I'm not saying he's there with Nolan, but he, even though he would miss 30 or 40 games a year toward the end of his career, he was still a great hitter all the way until his retirement. He was, it was such amaz- a tough out. Yeah, it was amazing. Like He didn't age like Todd Helton, for example, where by the end you dreaded him coming up in the lineup. Chipper was a – Chipper, he actually – he became – he had a better eye as he got older. And the other thing that he's done is he knows how to kind of convey what he's seeing. So to this day, players will kind of seek him out for tips and – it's amazing how you'll see like a like Brian McCann before he retired, he'd go work with Chipper for a few days, and then he, his numbers would spike for like three months. Yeah, the, he's a he's a wizard at that sort of thing. The the weird thing is like hitters like him are a dying breed. He's yeah. a guy who'll take the pitch wherever wherever it came in and place it in that area of the field, and now it's just you know wait for something that you can hit over the fence. Yeah, he he even when he missed 30 or 40 games, he was always chipper. Yeah, like in in oh gosh. He's, I mean, he's a guy who even when he was on the bench, he was Jones in for baseball. Oh. I remember the year it was when he was 36. It was in 2008 and the Braves had a bad year. They lost 90 games. The lineup was terrible. It was him and Teixeira, then they traded Teixeira uh two-thirds of the way into the season. And then there wasn't a lot else. And he flirted with 400 for like half the year. In spite of having almost nothing around him. And the team being horrible. And him being 36. That's just, I mean, he was he was a great player to watch for a long time. I mean, I'm not going to say he's Nolan Arenado, But uh, even though he's a little bit crazy. As a player, I love him. So, Briggsy, stand down. <laughs> Anyways, he says... Uh, I live in the greater Tampa Bay area. I've always been a truther in the area because Bucks fans typically overhype their roster. True. All fans overhype their roster. <laughs> yes. But Vegas has them as the fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl. That's absurd. Looking forward to commenting more and hopefully joining the Madden League. Love you guys. Stay safe and enjoying the coverage while things are chaotic. Zach, the local president of the Tom Brady TV12 <laughs> We Love You fan club, the fourth best odds. What do you think? Is it absurd? Yes. I mean, they just got yes. the, the best quarterback of all time, the guy that's won, what, every a Super Bowl every year, every other or every other year? Drew Locke had Pretty a higher much. passer rating last year than Tom Brady. 
Tom, Tom gets it done, man. This receiving core that he's going to have, the he defense, there's some talent on the he defense. He wasn't getting it done the second half of the year. He looked like an old quarterback who was hitting the wall. And look, I, I sort of get why the Bucks are trying this because over the course of their, of their history, they've tried everything. Some of it has been their own screw-ups. Some of it has been th- screw-ups that were inflicted upon them. But I, I just fear that he gets out there. They're going to be disappointed. If he gets out there, let's just hope there's a oh season. Let's oh, hope there's well, a season. Definitely on that. Uh, besides going to one of the most irrelevant teams, I actually think hey, Tom picked hey, pretty hey. much the best team to go to. Fighting words. <laughs> but you're not wrong. Sorry, Pace. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> next, okay. one, next one coming in from, from, oh, we got a thread here, from the yeah. Big Tabowski, right? Yes. He says, hey, guys, I just thought I would drop you a quick note to let you know I'm quite a few podcasts behind, but catching up on things quickly. My wife has coronavirus, and we have been self-isolating since Thursday last week, and I'm starting to get symptoms now, too. But that th- that's the reason why I'm behind. Oh, I'm so oh sorry to hear that. We're thinking of you, man. We're both fit and relatively young, so don't anticipate too many problems, but she is struggling a bit. I keep telling her that her symptoms are worse than mine because she's a Seahawks fan and they are weak, but apparently that is not helping. I like that you could still have a little bit of humor. Nevertheless, all this awesome Broncos news has put a spring in my step. Boye, or Boye Casey, Glasgow, love all three and the players we've re-signed. This year's starting to look up. Wouldn't mind adding a Mukamara or Kevin Johnson too, though. Keep up the great work as always, and make sure y'all stay safe and as isolated as possible. Big love to all. The Big T. I'd also keep my eye on Nickel Roby Coleman as well. Okay. As a, as a cornerback, the Broncos could add. He could be a Nickelback. Mm. <laughs> like Roby. As long as you don't play Nickelback. Yeah. Yep. He ad- He adds this and says, not sure if... Uh, you have mentioned the awful timing of opening the bar at this time when everyone's self-isolating, but I'm thinking of you guys and all the other people that are losing their jobs out there or whose businesses are struggling, and most of all, those vulnerable, pe- vulnerable people who are really sick and those have lost, who have lost a loved one. Oh, and I'll upgrade my subscription to a lifetime after payday. Man, that's amazing. The oh, fact wow. that you're uh, sick right now and thinking of us means more than you could possibly know. And uh, a couple people chimed in there. Just saying they're thinking of him. Mm-hmm. Um, keep us updated, you know? Please. Because uh, yeah. we just want to uh, we want to be there for you uh, in the same way that you're always there for us. Next one's from Jedi Joshua, number three. He says, hey, fellas. Want to thank you guys for still doing the pod. Been super bummed with the state of affairs. Glad free agency is able to take my mind off of it for a bit. Mace, you're my favorite quote-unquote local blogger. <laughs> LOL. Have a good day, fellas. Stay safe and be blessed. I'm going to wear that as a badge of honor, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, you're building a pre- we're pretty building a pretty good lineup of local, local bloggers, bloggers around here. <laughs> local bloggers might be all we have left. Wow, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I want to get into it, but I won't. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it. Mile high hitman was CHJ taking a worse deal from the Chargers than the Broncos. Do you think the Broncos had pulled their offer? We talked about that. He says, do you think playing in L.A. is a brand-building move for a guy who feels slighted on Pro Bowl selections playing in Denver? Don't think you're going to get it in uh, Charger land. P.S. pumped about NFL Game Pass being free for the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys all caught on to that, Mm -hmm. but they have made NFL Game Pass free for everyone, and there is enough content to get you through a long time. Yeah, I think every Super Bowl is on there. Yep. But 
10 years of games. Mm-hmm. So you go back to 2010, you can watch any game you'd like. That's too cool. And aren't yeah. like every sport, isn't every sport doing this? I saw NBA did this. And NHL. And NHL. MLB might give like 90 second highlight packages for free. Yeah. <laughs> what I would like to see the NFL do, take it a step further. They have their YouTube channel, of course, and they've thrown some old games. I'd like to see some, uh, a, a, a horde of old games. They, In theory, they could digitize the entire library of game broadcasts going back a yeah, few decades. They want everyone's email to be in the NFL Game Pass system. Yeah. So then when they turn this mm-hmm. off, they can mm-hmm. email everyone with a deal and try and convert a bunch of people. And Very they probably smart. will. Well, what's interesting yeah. is it's actually going to be free for longer outside of the U.S. than inside of the U.S. I think in the U.S. and Canada, it's free through May 31st, I believe, outside of those two nations. It's free into the summer. Interesting. Yeah. I can tell you why that is. They're trying to expand yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fan base. It's smart. They, you know, they have smart people running this thing. Ryan, speaking of playing video games and the NHL, have you ever called or heard NHL when you play at, as a game called Chell? Chell. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I asked Mace that a couple weeks ago, and he looked at me like I was crazy, which I expected. I expected him to, but I just want to make sure I wasn't crazy. No. Yeah. That's that's its nickname. <laughs> this is a generational thing. I definitely think it is. Well, I feel like. Current video games are a generational thing. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Sand Monkey 27. Since it was brought up the last time I went paintballing, I took one to l- to let you know what... Wait, whoa, I just totally messed that up. The last time I went paintballing, I took one to left you know what, and I was down for quite some time. Oh, to his left to his you left. know what. Yes, yes. Another quick... So, wasn't wearing a cup. Another quick story was at my best friend's bachelor party. We went paintballing, and at the end of the day, they lined all 12 of us on one side of the field and him on the other side, and he had to sprint from the other back from one end to the other while we all proceeded to be a firing squad. Way to honor the the man of the hour. Really great stuff, guys. I have never seen so many bruises. In regards of the draft and the current situation, I foresee a lot of uncertainty in the draft. Are teams still... Are teams still Bronco in in prospects, or is it all teleconference? I feel like teams are more open for misses this year than any other. I hope the Broncos aren't one of them. Uh, I think the answer to your questions is it's all teleconference. Yep. We had A.J. Boya yesterday. Um, The teleconferences are always so awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I hate them, but I totally understand why it's necessary at this time, and I appreciate the Broncos for – for trying to make it possible for us to talk to these guys. And apparently news came down this morning that teams now don't have to wait until the contract is like completely signed and everything. Uh, once his contract's agreed upon, the teams can announce it once they've shipped the contract off to the player and agent, which could mean that we get to talk to the Broncos signing sooner than it initially seemed. But technically, all players still have a chance to pull out last second. Because it's not signed? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although it wouldn't be smart to do that because, as we know, mon- the longer right. you're on the market, the less money there is to spend. I'm always shocked that these things are seemingly always still in place by the time they sign them. Like, there's, I, w- I would always expect a little more funny business. Like um, DeAndre Jordan. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. That was incredible. Yep. yep. That was so incredible. But that's what I expect, too. Like, 
last second someone comes in with a better offer. It seems yep. like there's a lot of uh, gentlemen's rules. Well, I think, but also for the Broncos back in, I think it was 2004, this was an undrafted player. He agreed to terms and he backed out. That sounds stupid on his part. Yeah. Not as stupid as the guy <laughs> well, who got a $15,000 signing bonus looked too and then didn't even show up to practice after two days. And I had to turn it back in. That's what I mean. I'm just yeah. like, dude, just finish OTAs. Or be so bad that they cut you. Oh, true. Ooh, well, yeah. that's dishonest. But just all you, all you got to do is work out for a couple of weeks and you get $15,000. Yep. I'll go through the most hellacious yep. boot camp that you could imagine for $15,000. When your heart's not in it, your heart's not in it. And you don't even have to do well in that boot camp. You can be the worst of them all. Right. You just have to finish it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, from Miller Lite 602. What up, gentlemen? I've been listening to every single podcast, but I've not been commenting too much lately. But from what happened yesterday, I have to comment. Absolutely outstanding moves by John Elway. Can't believe we got a five-time Pro Bowler for a mere seventh rounder. Is CHG really that salty with the Broncos that he would sign with the Chargers for a lesser deal than we offered him? Doesn't make any sense to me. Still have a lot of love for the guy, but his actions the past few months have been a little weird. Thoughts and prayers with uh, with you, Zach, and your family. Stay safe out there. Thank you so much there, Miller Lite. And, yeah, it's kind of what we talked about earlier. It's, it's unfortunate, but you know what? In seven, ten years... When he's coming back for the Ring of Fame induction, everyone will forget about that. He bet on himself, and sometimes when you bet on yourself, you lose. He's we love to we love to loud guys for betting on themselves. Yeah, but true. sometimes it doesn't work out. And More, the sad thing for Chris mm. is this was his last chance. He's not going to be able to ball out for two years and then get a big contract. No, if he wants to keep playing, he's going to be in that five million dollar a year range probably. Yep. Miller Lite 602 with another comment. Sorry for the second comment, but I just heard your conversation about how backup QBs and punters and kickers date the most cheerleaders. My high school teammate who I played football, soccer, and baseball with is the punter for the Patriots, Jake Bailey. He is currently dating a Patriots cheerleader, so that made me laugh. LOL. Have a good Thursday, boys. Boy, it just became so much worse to be a New England Patriot. And apparently, if you're the quarterback you date the opposing team's cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> World of suck. NFL Game Pass is free until May 31. Are you guys going to use that on DNVR watches? Of course. Yes, absolutely we will. The, the weird thing here is like everyone wants it so badly right now. It's like we have, we're entertained. Yep. We've got stuff. We have time when we won't be. Yeah. I get it though because we're still a lot of people are still bored at night. Right. And so mm-hmm. people want to get in, but we'll we'll figure something out. Uh maybe it'll end up being sooner than I had originally planned just because there's so much demand for it. Was that Elway or was that a cheerleader reference in uh, to Elway? Yes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Dating a Raiders cheerleader, married to a Raiders cheerleader. He really got away with that. You got to be really good. <laughs> yes. You got to be pretty much John Elway to get away with that or one. Or that to fly <laughs> under the radar. Yep. It's true. More from World of Suck per Mace's recommendation. I'm watching the 2013 shootout at Jerry World. See, everyone's like already (laughs) going through all this stuff. They're jumping the gun on us. (laughs) Before halftime of week five, Peyton just threw his 19th touchdown pass. The Broncos haven't had a quarterback pass for 19 touchdowns in an entire season since Peyton retired. (laughs) Thought that was crazy and had to share. Here's hoping Drew throws 30 touchdowns this year. Um, Do we set the bar at 19 and a half for Drew this year? If Drew Locke, yeah, might as well. If Drew Locke, (laughs) didn't exist, I would be pounding the table for Jameis Winston right now. Just because 
30 touchdowns. Like, I can't believe there's a guy who threw for 30 touchdowns last year that's just sitting out there on the market. Uh, on a, a number uh, one overall pick. I actually yeah. would be there with you on Jameis if the Broncos didn't have a quarter, the quarterback situation settled just because I would probably convince myself that Pat Shermer and Mike Shula could figure out something with Jameis. Right. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Would you rather have, for this Broncos team next year, would you rather have Drew Locke throw 10 touchdowns and... Oh, God. And, 10? Or, I'm sorry, not 10. 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Okay. Or... Mm-hmm. 40 touchdowns. 40 touchdowns. And 20 interceptions. 40, <laughs> 40 and 20. Because at that point, you've put up a, a big enough number to where you can offset some of the picks. Like I'll with, even take 40 and 30. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't take 30 because we saw, I mean, Jameis had, what, 35 touchdowns last year. Uh-huh. So I've seen something similar to that. So I'm not taking 40 and 30. That's too close. And I would also say that if he gets to 40 touchdowns with 30 picks, that some of those touchdowns have been, just like with Jameis Winston, him trying to dig the team out of the mess that he made. So it would, it would essentially be two and a half touchdowns per game to 1.8 interceptions per game. That's 40 and 30? Yep. Yeah, it's not... No. Great, but I'm just talking from an entertainment value oh, yeah. standpoint. It'd be great. It'd I be high-scoring games. Right. That's, yeah. The opposing I, defense would be just getting some pick sixes. You'd if, be putting up. If I'm Vic Fangio, yeah. my answer is 20 right. and 10. If I'm Ryan Koenigsberg, my answer is 40 and 30. 40 because. and 30, I see a lot of Blake Bortles garbage time touchdowns coming. I don't know. Uh, I just think it would be shootouts, and be, I'm in so, for it. It'd be fun. It'd be 40 fun. touchdowns? <laughs> that's the last two years combined and then some. Yep. But has any team ever done anything throwing 30 touchdown pass or interceptions? Dude, I'm sure well, Favre has been done. I'm sure Favre had a couple 30 interceptions. Well, Vinny Testaverde had 35 picks back in uh, 1988. Did he have more? Also for Tampa Bay. Is that the record? Uh, that yeah, that was the record. He had, but he had only 13 touchdowns. And trust me when I tell you that <laughs> year was as miserable <laughs> as it sounds. What? 13 and 35. Yes. No. Way. Oh my so god! So less than one touchdown and two interceptions per game. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So Jameis was the first guy with thirty picks since then. Richard Todd with the Jets in nineteen eighty okay. had seventeen touchdowns and thirty picks. They went four and twelve. Fran Tarkenton, the great Fran Tarkenton, Hall of Famer, in his final full season as Viking starter, had thirty-two picks, and they still won the division, and went to the playoffs. How many touchdowns? 25. So, so what would Jameis, 40 and 30 get you? Jameis had the best 30 interception season ever. Wow. What's the most Favre ever had in a season? I don't know, but it's not 30. Yeah, clearly not. I, I didn't realize it was that rare to have a 30-pick season. But You know, there's a player who has a retired jersey for the Broncos who had a 30-pick season. Uh, Trapuca. 34 picks in 1960. Ooh. 24 touchdowns. Jeez. Ooh. 40 and 30 would be, <laughs> It'd be, entertaining be a show. <laughs> Just, Drew's not going to throw that many picks, though. Shoot, there's going to be someday be a film on Jameis Winston having the 30 for 30 oh, yeah. season it last year. Yep. And then being replaced by Tom. And they made him get like all this corrective eye surgery and then just sent him out to the streets. <laughs> well, this is setting up for Jameis to revive his career somewhere else and him being the next 
Doug Williams or Trent Dilfer or Steve Young or Vinny Testaverde who leaves Tampa Bay and finds success. I'm absolutely convinced that's going to happen. Who is out there that needs a quarterback right now? Obviously the Chargers. New England. I think if he hey. goes I don't think New England will take him for some reason. I think that would be dangerous. Maybe Jameis is the Chargers there. plan. Look, I would be, oh, I would be terrified. <laughs> if oh, Jameis going to New England? Yes. I would too. I would too. I would think he would be like 40 and 10. I'm so afraid of Jameis. If he yeah. goes to New England, he'll be a pro bowler. Oh. <laughs> Mark my words. I don't know how he's still on the mark. They should sweep him up and put him in there yesterday. Yep. I think so too. Uh, New England said they don't want a high-priced quarterback, or that's what reports were. And you know what? If you're Jameis Winston, you really believe in yourself, go si- go up there and sign a $6 million contract for one year. Oh, God. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But the price is going down every day. Yep. Yes. Yep. He's probably down to about 18 right now. Oh, oh I think he's lower than you that. You get Jameis or Case Keenum? Right. Come on. Case Keenum is playing for 10 this year, I think. Yep. Why hasn't Washington kicked the tires on James Winston? I don't think he They're can, in a weird spot. I don't think he can go to a bad roster. Right. So if he's with New England with the talent, they they're gonna be good. I might pick them to win the AFC. <laughs> Of course, I, I think oh. they'll win with Andy Dalton, too, if they trade for him. But if they don't want to pay a high price, that would rule out Andy Dalton. You have New England and Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. How about that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? That would be incredible. You know right. who'd win? What? You know who'd win? New England. Yes. <laughs> They've got a roster full of people who have been there Because the only, the only thing the Bucks are missing in their long history of woe is getting to the Super Bowl and being beaten by a quarterback that they made walk the plank. (laughs) That would be... That's the only color missing from the feel-bad rainbow that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. Wow. All right, from LDJ, I'm so hurt about Chris, I have no words. Why not to say, hey, Elway, if you can can promise me you will put an outside corner around me, I'll take this deal. And if Elway doesn't deliver, he can bail. Heck, it was only one year guaranteed. But to the Chargers to go to another QB purgatory, to have Keenan Allen as your teammate and that terrible contract they gave you, Chris deserves so much better. That breaks my heart, man. Anyways, I'm super happy with free agency, and I'd say we're almost done. I'd like Prince Mukamara or Roby Coleman, maybe Nigel Braddon, Dion Lewis, and Jason Peters. What do you guys think on that last little pieces? Thanks for doing awesome pods. Hope maybe you can give Broncos country some peace about Chris because it's not making sense to me. I mean, to me, if the Broncos were to land Jason Peters, A plus uh, uh, of the start of free agency and the offseason for me, that would just be huge because then you're you're fine. You're going to get a wide receiver in the draft. No question about that. If you lock that down, I just don't think that's on their radar right now. Jason Peters? I like Peters. Love it. Love it. That would make it an A plus. Yep, getting cheaper by the day. For Mile High Make, hey fam, a few thoughts today. I would call it more than a few. Uh, Love Zach's story on AJ and Chris. It's karma that Chris took $5 million less a year than what LA offered him. Proof he wanted out. Just be straight with us, bro. think he's a great corner and I love the guy, but he was never elite. And when the no-fly zone dissipated, it started to show. He came up with excuses. Okay. So AJ only plays outside corner, but Bryce is very capable in the slot. I'm sure he'll move outside and fit game plan and scheme. But when he's slot, who's on the other side of AJ? Bosby? Prince? Leading me to this. 
Two, is, uh, is Prince still on Elway's radar? If we grab him, I'll feel extremely good about the free agency. When would this happen if it does? I would assume in the next few days yep. it would happen, and I think it's going to be about $5 million a year. Two I, years, $10 million. I think that's exactly mm. what it's going to be. And, yeah, I would expect today or tomorrow. Man. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but it could be second wave next week. Remember, Bryce Callahan happened in the middle of the second week of free agency last year. Yeah, I had Bryce Callahan pegged as my number one <laughs> free agent for the Broncos to get. And then every day I came on the podcast, I'm like, he's still out there. Yep. We um, know why he was out there. Right, now. for sure. Although the Broncos made that a bad situation worse with the way they handled that, just to be truthful. Certainly did. Um, threes for Pat. Four, RK, I love paintball as a 25-year-old dad. Still cool. I've also taken a shot straight to the mouth and gotten paint in my mouth. <laughs> I feel you. Why would you do this to yourselves? I don't know. I, I think I've gotten soft in my old age. Like, it doesn't sound good to me right now. <laughs> do roller coasters so, still sound fun? Yeah. Okay. You're not fully soft. Um, <sighs> the day I can't ride roller coasters is going to be a sad day. Fortunately, I'm not there yet. And my dad was riding roller coasters into his late 50s. So there you go. I got time. Is there a cutoff of when you're supposed to stop riding roller coasters? Well, like they say, if you've got like a heart condition or something like uh, that, if you're older. So you don't see many 65 year old people on roller coasters, but I, you see plenty of middle aged people. I'm still getting on roller coasters. I just thought for some reason, like the dizzy factor gets worse when you're older. I think there's like a f- physiological thing it to that. It does a little bit, yes. But sometimes it means roller coasters are okay, but you don't want to get on the rides that go round and round and round. Mm-hmm. Like there are some people that. They'll happily get on big roller coasters, but at the teacups at Disney World or Disneyland, <laughs> hell to the no. I can't, out of nowhere, I can't look at my phone in the car anymore. Really? I get dizzy. Yeah. Out oh, of wow. nowhere. Just Welcome to one the day club. It, it well, That's awful. happened. Wow. My wife can't look at her phone in the car either. So like I've just become anything. all-time driver. Mm, there you go. Like, I just, it doesn't, there's no benefit for me not driving. I all-time can't look TV. at my phone. <laughs> that happened recently. Um... Yeah, like in the last three months. Wow. Really annoying. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, really annoying. Five, does Denver Rubber Company make car tires? Would they be cheaper than your average tire shop? Don't believe so. But Give them a call. Give them a call, yeah. Tell them you you like us and you wanted to ask. (laughs) Can't hurt. Six, lastly, with Tyrod Taylor in L.A., my hot take, maybe just warm, is is Chargers lose the division again, calling it now. I completely agree. When did they last win the division? Oh nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. When the Broncos blew it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause they started off six and zero. Yeah. God. Yikes. Oy. Next one from Chub Club fifty five. RK's mention of Slam Ball got my attention because I used to love watching that even when normal basketball was also available. So one quick kind of Broncos Slam Ball question <laughs> and a legit Broncos question. Curious where this goes. Would who would be your current Broncos Slam Ball starting five? Frantically Google slam ball rules. I mean, starting four beat <laughs> stopper is the defensive player that basically just sits under the hoop going Justin Simmons going for blocks. And I would choose Justin Simmons because the position seems oh, similar go. to safety. The handlers are midfield ball handlers and two way players would be Ryan. Who are yours? Um, you got to have one shooter and obviously you want him to be able to throw sweet oops and all that. So I'm taking Drew Locke. Okay. Um, midfield. So you, Someone who's athletic. So you're two for two with them right now. Oh. But I, I think who, this is going to be different. Who's athletic and he's got hops. Right. Well, like, uh, here's a, a below-the-radar guy. He's got a lot of vertical speed, but he's athletic and he's squat. And I'm pretty sure he's got a good vertical leap. Is Kalfani Muhammad. Oh. Wow. 
Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that's Speed would definitely be, under the radar. I am going to take um, Philip Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Mm. Of course you will. I like that. He went with Drew Locke and Vaughn. Drew, because of his basketball background, and Vaughn can be a big bully and set moving screens for him. Finally, we have a gunner who is essentially just the guy that goes up for giant posterizing dunks. And I think we all know our one. boy Court yep. would be the first ballot Hall of Fame gunner with his 50-50 ball skills. Who would be your starting four? We just went through that. That was fun. Okay, quick Broncos question. Does Chris Harris Jr. give up more than two touchdowns against the Broncos this upcoming season? I'm not so sure how to feel about his his decision. Glad he kind of ghosted the Raiders, but then in-division move seems like a shady move to me, especially for less money than we offered. My longest comment yet. Hope it made the cut this morning. Appreciate you guys for keeping me entertained while the rest of the office works from home and I'm holding it down. Go DNVR. Here's the question. If Chris Harris Jr. is beaten for a touchdown, by the Broncos, who is he pointing at on the Chargers' defense? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Damn, Derwin James is going to hate that. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> Hingle McCringleberry. That's a hell of a name right there. I've been listening for about a year, but this is my first comment. I actually just subscribed today. Got him. Because of an am- amazing gift from one of my DNVR League brothers, Stevie Kleber. Huge shout-out to him. Such a nice act on his part. Also, a shout-out to Timmy from Sweden, who has put together an amazing Madden League. It's been so nice to be able to play Madden and talk with other Broncos diehards. Both these guys deserve a lot of love. If you're wondering about my username, it comes from a hilarious Key and Peele sketch called East-West Bowl. And it's a joke about football player intros before games. Y'all should watch it. Much love to the DNVR family. Super pucked. Super pumped for this hard for this upcoming season. Thanks for always keeping me informed and entertained. I'm not sure I should read the hashtag. No, but you already did accidentally. <laughs> yes. Um, the East it West distracted me. I'm like, what? The East West Bowl. Uh, I think there's at least three iterations of it. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Next one coming in from Kirk Smith, 44. Hey guys, really excited to get Casey in a super low risk, high upside trade. Good move by John. A little disappointed that we haven't taken care of another corner yet with our extra draft picks i think we could have outbid philly for slay also very disappointed that denver doesn't come before arizona in the contract and the contacts list because we definitely could have made a better offer to bill o'brien than a 15 million dollar per year running back and a second round pick for hopkins love the content guys i wish i could upgrade my subscription in times like these but my wife and i have a baby on the way well congratulations Congrats. congratulations going to get a couple run fill run shirts and couple sticker packs to help out though thank you Listening to you guys every day is a great way to make it through the day when stuck at home for the next four weeks because of our school shutdown. And this week, if you buy a Run Fill Run shirt or any shirt, you get a free sticker pack. Hey, so yeah. that'll be fun. Perfect time. Get in on that now, Kirk Smith. From Bold Runner, longtime listener for about two years and finally pulled the trigger on the subscription. Got him. Got him. I almost subscribed when I found out that RK went to my high school, Fairview High, class of 2007. So we were there at the same time. How about that? You mentioned my current city of residence, Erie, Colorado, in one of the pods about Colorado drinking water. In Erie's defense, it is an up-and-coming city in the metro area. I found out that Zach wears my running shoe brand of choice. Is it Hoka or Haka? Yep, I think Hoka, but it's not 1-1. It's like Hoka on-on. Hoka on-on. But what finally put me over the top was seeing how you all are responding to this world crisis. want to support you guys as best I can. No question today, but... You got me. So that's awesome. Thank you. Got him. Shout out to Boulder. All right. Last one here comes in from Nick Geyer says, dang, there's a lot of comments. Everyone have a safe day if you're driving in the snow. 
Avs were sick last night. Yes, yeah. they certainly were. Dude, there was this goal that Joe Sackick had. I think he made it 3-0, and it was just so dirty. Like, yeah. sometimes these guys get older, and you just forget little things like that. And even that there's a there was a John Elway highlight tape that kind of pops up often on Twitter, but it went pretty viral yesterday. And just watching these guys, it's like, man, they're totally different in our minds now. And then you watch the way they were, and you're just like, God, those guys were sweet. Yep. Yeah. That, the video you're talking about, I think NFL throwback put up on Twitter. Yeah. And it was I think a, Super 70 Sports. Retweeted it. I watched that like four times. And the lasers. Just, oh, my gosh. That's what I just keep. I, I just refer to that as the John Elway laser show. It's just, it's insane. Like the seam routes. That he, he's throwing like 60-yard seams. And you know what? This is why. The N- one of the reasons why the NFL scheduling rotation exists is because Elway and Marino were only in the same regular season game twice, and they had one playoff game, even mm. though they were both in the AFC. And we were robbed of some tit-for-tat games between John Elway and Dan Marino because the two of them just threw darts all over the field. Just It would have been thrilling to see the two of them on the field at the same time. Yeah, we're lucky we got so much Manning and Brady because they uh-huh. figured that out. When you say that, it just gets me excited for what Drew Locke, Patrick Mahomes could be. Like both guys on each side just throwing darts. I hope so. Especially if Patrick Mahomes gets this offense in more mm-hmm. of a Andy Reid style where we just could be seeing insane shootouts. And then you it's know, at least twice a year. If, but to get to the Andy Reid style, you got to have three receivers that you can have out there. And this is why... Even if the Broncos go receiver round one, I still expect them to go for another receiver at some point in round three. And even if you're going Cortland Sutton, Henry Ruggs, Noah Fant, right. insert fourth, you're still going to be all right. You're going to be you're going to be all right. But I would love to see if they don't believe Deshaun Hamilton Hamilton can make the leap. I'd love to see uh, Devin Duvernay or a KJ Hill in round three. Me too, man. I oh, want man. I want Deshaun to be the fourth receiver. I would like two more. And then who's your fifth? Tim Patrick or Jawan Winfrey? I don't care. If if it comes down to that. If I there are injuries, always... <laughs> you're going to care. <laughs> Before we head out, I headed over to Davidson's the other day, stocked up on some whiskey. Um, you can use the Drizzly app to have beer delivered to you and liquor, uh, but Davidson's is awesome. You walk into that place, it's massive. There was someone standing right in the aisle I was in, in the whiskey aisle, and I was asking them, I was like, I kind of like to have – whiskey as like a, a a nightcap type of dessert type of thing so i like the sweeter the vanillas the caramels in there and he's like i was hoping he would just give me one but he gave me like 20 options <laughs> so you came home with 20 uh no i came home with two bottles but um it's really cool place to go check out so they have a curbside pickup right now um make sure that if you get delivery because you can get delivery from davidson's you uh take a picture of what you got and tag us tag them Um, You can have beer delivered to your door. Whatever it is, check out Davidson's. They'll get you through this, and uh, you're you're probably going to need it. So that's going to wrap it up for us today. We appreciate you all for all the comments. Uh, Stay tuned. Who knows what's going to happen next. Thanks for tuning in. It's getting me down, waiting for.